You're listening to Raceroo Radio, where fitness and racing are combined. Each week, you'll hear us bring you a fitness tip to help you with your fitness journey, as well as covering the latest current event news, covering NASCAR, Formula One, and sprint cars. We always have lots to talk about, so buckle up and take another lap with us. Thanks for listening, and you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Facebook, you can find our multiple updates every week at Raceroo Racing, and you can find our fitness updates at Raceroo Fitness. Enjoy the podcast with Ryan and Jordan. Here we go. Hey, everybody. It's Raceroo Radio back again. Uh, Jordan and me got together again two weeks in a row. It's big time. Um, I guess when it gets back to school, it's a lot easier. So uh, I'm Ryan. That's Jordan. Jordan, hey, how are you doing this weekend? Pretty good. I guess uh, two weeks in a row, we're setting records like Max Verstappen did um, yeah, just no. a few minutes ago. <laughs> but, yeah, that was pretty um, – I'd like to say that was pretty incredible, but it's pretty much been standard for the course. Um, I hope you like talking about F1 because that's the primary of what we've got going on today. Jordan's also got some dirty talk. And, uh, of course, we're going to do – it isn't now September. We are already into September. We're going to do what's Ryan doing this month. And so uh, – but before we get into that, well, you know what? I did realize, I hadn't realized in a while, I do this little spiel in the intro. I need a new intro, but I'll just say it again, just for one more time. If you're looking for any fitness tips, advice, workout plans, whatever the case may be, if you're like me and going into a half Ironman in less than two months, uh, you can hit us up at our uh, website on our Instagram and our Facebook race Roof fitness. So, uh, Reach out to us. We will help you out with any plans you got. I can tell you right now, um, as we get into what's Ryan doing for this month, um, uh, as far as Ironman plans going, I'm outsourcing my own material, So, uh, which is a good idea. I can give you a t- tips and advice and everything, but I guess I can pretty much honestly say it's not really u- my usual domain. I'm learning every single day, um, but I am, even though I think I have a good bearing of where I'm going. I'm still reaching out and getting professional help because it's not as biased. <laughs> you know, I, if I follow a plan, I'm not going to do what I feel like doing that day. Um, which is another reason to reach out to professional. Even if you think you know what you're doing, uh, they can kind of give you more of what you need, less of what you want. If, uh, if that makes sense. Um, but Jordan, let's get into what's Ryan doing for September. So this is pretty simple. Backed way down on the uh, weights, um, backed way down on the CrossFit kind of training uh, into a whole lot of volume cardio style training, swimming, biking, running, really getting prepared for that uh, event I have coming up in less than two months. It's really, uh, it's kind of getting surreal. It's almost here and I'm really trying to make sure I'm prepared. So um I think I talked about it last week. I did a mock Olympic-ish, kind of varied, just uh, to get myself more time on the bike. Last week, that was good training, good to know. Um, Then also this weekend, I have done, yesterday I did a 37-mile bike ride. And then today I did a seven and a half mile run. Not quite seven and a half miles, a little short of that. Um, But that's kind of what I'm targeting there is following the plan, um, getting a lot of volume in. I really don't feel like I'll pick up a whole lot of pace over the next month and a half. So I'm kind of set with that, but I really, really want to try to make sure I'm feeling comfortable, especially 
comfortable in the water and comfortable in the uh on the bike because those are the things that you know you got to be comfortable in the water because the minute you start panicking you got trouble uh got to be comfortable in the bike because you're going to be there the longest amount of time um more comfortable going to be more efficient can get to the run and feel pretty fresh i feel like the run should be my best event but by the time you get there you, you know you're already what 57 miles in so should be pretty fatigued so learning how to um you know manage that um as i'm learning this uh extreme well it's not really extreme it's called considered a middle distance as crazy as that sounds it's a lot of managing managing pace managing heart rate managing that fatigue level and not pushing um that's uh, something i learned last week on my mock olympic um on the bike i cannot push you just I kind of know what my pace is right now and I got to just stick there. There's no sense in trying to, you know, accelerate for two miles to to push an extra three miles an hour. It's not going to help you on the back end. When you get off the bike, you still have a half marathon to go. So um, that was my practice yesterday is just be easy, be pacing, you know, just be comfortable and just every cycle, just cycle, just go, just go, just go, just go. So um, there's a whole lot of that kind of training it's 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 almost feels easy through the some of the the workouts um because the pace is so much slower than i want to go um but that's that's kind of what you need when you're going to be out there for that long um be comfortable be able to just continuously move your feet and uh, i think that's going to get me where i want to go a little bit better so um that and i do still weight train obviously i'm training with uh body pump twice a week teaching um, I've never really considered that part of my workouts, but considering all the volume I have in cardio and then considering that I have two hours of, of that kind of training, um, my own personal lifting is very minimal, very minimal two days a week. And it's kind of like hit, hit the push, hit the pull, um, hit the legs uh, right now I'm doing like bodybuilding kind of, you know, sets of 10, usually three sets, um, not, not really anything that's too taxing. It's more of a, a kind of maintain what I can kind of thing. As I'm doing more and more of this cardio, you should just expect some muscle wasting, um, but just kind of maintaining a little bit that I can keeping the body in that zone of like, hey, we still want to send that muscle building signal. Um and surprisingly, as you know, as far as the people I listen to, you don't need a ton. One day, two days a week when you're doing all this extra volume, plenty enough. So uh, weight training is taking a back seat. The cardio's taking forward and focusing on being comfortable. So that's uh, that's what Ryan's doing for September. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think what you got to do, and I'm not one to be giving out advice, but I think mainly the the next – but it's like what two months away it's a month and a half it's a, month this, and a half. the week yeah the in october the last weekend is the weekend before halloween it's the weekend before that yeah i think your main thing you got to worry about from now is just pace and hydration mm -hmm. that's that's the two things i think you really just got to work on is pace and hydration um i yeah. did see you said that swimming with a swimsuit that actually fits like a wetsuit that actually fits makes a heck of a lot of a difference so I was. Yeah, it feels like if it, it feels like a buoy, like really, like when I, because I didn't know this the first day. Literally the first day I wore 
that other one was the day of the the triathlon and i didn't know i didn't know anything about how these things worked i knew they're supposed to make you more buoyant i didn't know when you get in you're literally supposed to open the suit up and shimmy around and let it fill through mm. your suit so when i did that you know I, I took off and in the first half of a lap i'm like oh this is different it's just <laughs> i mean yeah I, I i swim like a rock i swim I do not float, and you both. right? Me I you do both. not float whatsoever. I can get in the pool with Jenny and she can just hang there and just, no, man, I can't do that. I just go right to the bottom. And yep. so to to have that buoyancy and be, you know, halfway down a lane and just be like, oh, dude, I am not going to, that was, you know, one thing that I was really worried about being in the middle of a bay is a little bit nervous, nerve wracking to me because I don't swim well. I don't consider myself a person that swims particularly well. And if I get into a little bit of trouble, it's a lot of bit of trouble. I can't get, I don't feel like I could get out of that. But it was like, within the first lap, I'm like, oh, dude, I am not going to sink. This thing is, it holds me up well enough that I, I'm going to be okay. And then salt water is more buoyant. It's going to make me more right. buoyant. So I'm, <laughs> I can tell you that the next time I got in the pool, it was like, oh God, now it's not there anymore. This is, you know, you kind of got used to that. So, um, but I feel like the swim is the least of my concerns right now. I have all the advantages. I should have a wetsuit as long as it's wetsuit legal. I might still wear it if it's wetsuit optional um, because my time is, I'm not going to be posting any times that should qualify right. for me for anything. So um, I might still wear it, have the, have the buoyancy of that, the salt water, have the tail current pushing me. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better race to, to, to do this for right. my first one because I have all the advantages here. So um, but yeah, that's what Ryan's doing for September. Jordan, you got any more questions on that one? No, I was just interested. I, I saw you posted on Facebook about the wetsuit, and I just wanted to hear what your yeah. differences were on that because yeah, obviously I've never had one. So, I mean, just instead of keep it, be, keeping my, myself up in the water now, all I have to do is push myself forward. That's it. That It makes it so much smoother. My, my average time per 100 on my long swims per 100 yards is about – um it was 205 to 210 i'd say per 100 yards uh with that wet tooth the very first time not pushing hardly at all like very very calm very very easy considering i was doing a mock olympic that day my pace was a 150 per 100 so i increased speed by 15 to 20 seconds per 100 yards over the course of for that one it was 1700 yards so it made a big big difference and i got out of the water yeah. feeling very very fresh Right. That's all that matters. I mean, yeah, it's not a huge improvement, but if it's one less thing you have to worry That's, about, then I would definitely seconds per hundred is massive. That went, that took me down from yeah. being like 42 to 45 minutes for the whole thing. I was pacing at like a 39, 30, 40, something like that. So it, big, big difference. It was very, very massive. Yeah. So, I, would, I would definitely wear it. When you add it up over a hundred yard, over a hundred yard, over a hundred yards, it adds up a whole lot. So. Yeah, but, definitely. But and the comfort will be a humongous thing. So to get out yeah. of the water feeling fresh. So anyway, so that's uh that's that. So that's our fit tip of the week. So Jordan, we're gonna turn it over to you now for Dirty Talk with Jordan. And now it's time for Dirty Talk with Jordan, the part of the show where Jordan comes out and talks a little dirty. So without further ado, Dirty Talk with Jordan. All right, guys, here we are. It's um, the weekend of Labor Day, and the Dirt Classic at Lincoln Speedway is finally happening. 
Um, and they're running two races for the first time this year. Um, well, for the Dirt Classic anyway, they're doing a two-feature show. So it's going to be the uh, the first night was last night. And, uh, I mean, not surprised here, but Freddie Raymer took the uh, first feature at Lincoln. Um, definitely not surprised because, I mean, he has, I think, 13 feature wins there this year. So he's just picking them up and knocking them off. The um, exciting thing about this year with the Dirt Classic, they're running the main show tonight. So the top four for last night were locked into tonight's dash, so to speak. So you have Freddie, who's locked in. You have uh, Brett Marks, who is locked in. You have Anthony Macri, who is locked in. And you have Danny Dietrich, who is locked in to tonight's dash. So the top of the top that's in Pennsylvania is there. Um, Macri is in the 71 Indy Parts car, and Lance Deweese is still in the 39M. So, um, rumor has it Macri came out and posted that he was burnt out, which is why he decided to step away from the 39M. A lot of people don't believe that because he jumped right into another car. Um, so it doesn't really make too much sense. Um, I think he kind of hurt his image doing that. We all had rumors of what happened, but he came out and said he was burnt out. Um, his job is to work on the car Monday through Saturday. A lot of us would like that job, but apparently um, that's burning him out, which I can see it if you're an outlaw guy. You know, you yeah. run 90-something races a year. Um, I get it. But, you know, a lot of us would like to go to the shop in the morning, work on the car, and then go home, where a lot of us have normal 9-to-5s. We don't, you know, we'd rather have it another way. But anyway... So that's uh, Lincoln Speedway, and then we'll go to Port Royal, where Devin Borden absolutely was flying last night. Started 10th, dropped back to 11th early, and then he put the fishing line in the water and reeled in the big fish. Came all the way back to win the race. Um, passed uh, Hunter uh, Schoenberg with a lap to go, and then he uh, waylaid the wall in three and four. We were almost thinking he might have ruined it for himself, but... His car managed to hold on, and he picked up his fifth Port Royal win of the season. He's still leading the points out there, so that's awesome to see for the Daredevil from Washington. Um, he's uh, making a name for himself around here. So we will jump to the All-Star Circuit of Champions, and we're going to jump back to last weekend on 825. They were at Tri-City Speedway, and Zeb Wise, the point leader, picked up the win. Um, he's been really hot as of late. I know Tyler Courtney being out for a while. Zeb Wise got on a heater, and he hasn't let up. Um, then the next day, Saturday, they were at Butler Speedway on 826, and, well, Tyler Courtney picked up the win. The two that are battling for the owner's championship, um, they're going back and forth, win for win. So this weekend, they are over in Attica Raceway at Ohio. And Kerry Madsen finally picks up his first All-Star win of the year as he's now in the 55 that Hunter Ferenberg was in most of the year. Um, but he finally knocks off his first win of the year. And uh, who was coming behind him? Well, that was Tyler Courtney. He had to hold him off um, very, uh, very late charge for Tyler Courtney, but just couldn't quite get there. So then night two was last night, and Zeb Wise picks up the win at Attica for night two. And pulls ahead further in his point lead. Um, I think he's going to take the all-star champion, at least driver-wise, but the owner championship could be very interesting. 
Speaking of owner championships and drivers championships, we're in this debate with NASCAR too. So um, that's very interesting. We'll see what happens with the All-Stars with owner driver points. Um, but right now, it's uh, Zebwise leading the way. So we will jump now to the Outlaws. And they are at Skagit Speedway over in Washington. And they are running the Skagit Nationals. Um, so night one was on Thursday. And with a very, very rough track, somehow Sheldon Hodenshield comes from 16th to win. Um, he made the pass on the final lap um, and held off. Uh, forget who it was, who he passed, but didn't matter. He took off once he got past them um, for a lap and a half. Then night two, yours truly, Rico Abreu, continues his hot streak. He's back in the winner's circle. He picks up night two of the Skagit Nationals. And he was flying. I don't think anybody was going to catch him that night. Um, but he edged out Sheldon Hottenshield, who was going for a back-to-back -back, uh, sweep. Didn't happen. So night three was last night, and it's the big, big money winner. And Brad Sweet, the outlaw point leader, picks up another win and pulls further ahead in the points. Um, Gravel and Macedo were making it interesting for a while, but, man, Brad Sweet is just consistent, 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 and it's hard to beat that night in and night out. And Macedo had some issues the night or earlier in the week, so uh, Brad Sweet is pulling out further. The last I heard, he was 46 points ahead, but that was the night that Macedo had some issues. So who knows how far he is ahead out. I'll have, I'll have a, a point update for the Outlaws and the All-Stars for you guys next week because we are getting to the end of the season, um, hitting September here. And then soon it'll be October, and it'll be the Charlotte uh, Nationals. So, yeah, that's uh, pretty much all we got going on right now for uh, Dirty Talk. Um, I'm going to have a lot more next week. The Dirt Classic takes over tonight, and they run Port Royal, I believe, also tomorrow on Labor Day. So it should be pretty interesting. But that's all I have for Dirt News. Do you know when the uh, the um, World Finals is for? Usually it's the first week in November. First week in November. Let's check that out. Yeah. I got I got to figure that out because I haven't gone in a few years, and I'm really uh, interested in going. So, well, interesting point um, about you said about the owners' points. What's your feeling on the owners' points in uh, in NASCAR? Personally, I feel like from the Cup side, I I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. I would just put the driver and the owner together because at this stage of the game, like I I know we can make this argument about Chase Elliott, but this is that would be like a once in I don't even know how many years kind of thing. I can't think of the last time where an owner would be in. I mean, the 45 had the same deal last year, but you know, we really don't talk. This this really doesn't happen that much in the cup side where a driver who is not in contention is is pushing a an owner to that level. So what's your feeling on that, Jordan? Um, to answer your question, the finals are november 1st second third and fourth there we go cool um so that's when the world fi finals are um when it comes down to the over owner driver championship to be perfectly honest with you i don't think fans really care about the owner's championship yeah, i think I that's think more so. of a a thing that's you know on 
the owners, I'm glad that they have it because the owners get money out of that and they get some sort of payback for it. So I'm happy for that. But really all we're worried about is the driver's championship. So I, I get they're going to try and talk about it to try and make some more storyline. Really, it's only going to come down to the fact that if the nine's in the final four, like the five was last year for owner's championships, then it'll be interesting. I think it would be like if, you know, the nine goes on to win the owner's championship because he's in the final four based off of owner points, but we still have four driver points. I think it'd be unique how they would talk about it, but you're not going to have like Chase Elliott's not going to do burnouts at Phoenix unless he wins from right. winning the owner's championship. No one's going to care. It's going to be, hey, let's celebrate the guy who won the points championship. The owner championship, I think, is more of a banquet thing. Like, you know, hey, you know, this is the owner's championship. The award goes to so-and-so. Um, 90% of the time, the award goes to the person who wins the driver's championship anyway. Um, and we haven't had where the owner wins and the driver doesn't. So I think it'd be unique to talk about it if it happens. The idea of it happening, I don't know. I can't even say it's pretty cool because we don't care. We don't, we don't we care. Really, we, we don't care about the owner's championship. Now, the the only reason why we care about owners' points and money is because that's how they get paid back. Um, yeah. That's how they make some sort of money. So that's the only reason why we care. But your average normal fan does not care about that. The average normal fan wants to show up, watch a race, and just know, hey, this guy's the leader in points. This guy's the leader of the race. That's it. They don't care about the the in details of that. I, I don't mind. I mean, I think it, it adds a layer, but no one does really care about it. So to the point, why don't we just have it? And it's the guy who uh, the team who accumulated the most points at the end of the year. Forget the, you know, qualifies in past this, blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, the nine cars still in it. Blah. No. At the end of the year, whichever team number has accumulated the most points like Martin Truex Jr. is in the lead of that right now because he's the regular season champion. So if he goes on and wins it, then great. And that, like you said, it's a banquet yeah. thing. We're not really keeping track of it throughout. It's just one of those things. And I think that adds the layer of like, for the most part, it's going to be the driver who accumulated the most points through the year. You're probably not going to have yeah. like like we have with the Chase Elliott deal this year. I mean, obviously it wouldn't right. be that right now anyway. So it would add that layer to the old school fan of like, hey, this guy actually won it because they scored the most points of the year. I think that that would probably be the best way to do that. Well, I mean, let's be real. This only comes into play when a playoff driver is eliminated or, yeah. you know, like this year, like you were saying, Chase Elliott gets hurt, but his car still runs week in and week out. And yep. you have guys that are able to score enough points. I mean, like last year we saw that Kurt Busch gets hurt. He's already locked in. The 45 is in the playoffs. So at yep. that point it becomes an interesting storyline. Now, the only way this would not that interesting. Is, yeah, but it, it only becomes interesting because it's like, well, hey, you know, this guy was in, but now this guy's got to try and yeah. carry his torch. And it's like, well, hey, let's see if two drivers can do it. That's what I was going to say. The only interesting part of this that would matter is if you had like a four driver rotation, kind of like they do in Xfinity, where you have Kyle Larson driving, yeah. then you have Chase Elliott driving, then, and at that point, that car makes the final four. That would be interesting. Be like, oh, this guy, this car who's had multiple different drivers throughout the year is battling for the owner's title, which we see it happen a lot of time in Xfinity, yeah. but it doesn't make a difference. Well, they, Xfinity they don't really and trucks, yeah. 
But yeah, still, and, and still it, I think I still think the best way to handle that is because you you know you have Kyle Bush with his all-star trucks that he had in the past. You know, like just hey, at the end of the year, hey, this car number, the 54 truck, whatever, 51 truck, mm-hmm. accumulated the most points. Ta-da. Right. There you go. Yeah. I think that that's it's very it, it doesn't need to be that complicated. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that, that's the what, Whenever it comes to the owner points and stuff, I'm for whatever yeah. the owners want to do, but it's not really a storyline for fans yeah. or anybody else. All right. So not a lot of NASCAR because we covered Daytona last week. We gave our picks last week. Yeah. Well, so, the, the only the only thing I want to say is, did you see Ryan Priest's face? I did. I heard about oh it. Oh, my God. I heard about it. I heard about it on Monday, and then I saw a picture of him, <laughs> like when he did that, like sit down video that Stuart Haas racing and he's wearing the glasses and he was yeah. like saying, I'm coming back or whatever like that. I, I watched the video and then I'm like, take your glasses off. Cause I knew about it. <laughs> so, but uh, it kind of, it, it gives you like uh thoughts of Davey Allison from back in yeah. like 92, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, pretty, pretty and, wild. And I think it's funny. He said, you see this happen to sprint car drivers all the time. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, you not like that it's, it's that not was something a, you see like that all the time <laughs> yeah that was a that was a pretty pretty violent wreck which i really yeah. do feel like overshadowed the ryan blaney wreck to be honest with you. i'm glad that ryan didn't get a concussion out of that and is, is able to both ryan's are able to run this weekend because that those were a couple of very violent shots but definitely something for them to look at the roof hatch coming open i didn't know this but apparently the uh the window net dislodged it did on the come rear. down so yeah. I, I did I didn't see that initially. So uh I heard that I don't think they released the video from the end car, but I've heard about it. And you can see his his arms are flopping around, but like the way that his headrest is kept his arms here, like at right. shoulder height. So which is is fantastic because if that wouldn't have been there, if it had been like an old school headrest, his arms could have went right up through the the right. roof. Hatch, well, that's, which... that's what my question was last week. Is does the seat with the way the headrest is and the way it's capsuled, if that keeps yep. his arms in, because like I was saying, you know, sprint car drivers, they normally have a arm harness that stays yeah. attached to their arms device to keep their arms down. So that's why I was wondering that. So if the seat holds his arms in, that's, that's good because yeah. then they don't need that. The way his seat is designed. I, mean, I don't know if this is all his seats, but I'm pretty sure his head shroud is like this big old shroud that mm-hmm. um, it used to be, they used to be like, I don't know, five feet or yeah, five feet five six inches tall this one is, yeah. is pretty big so it, it helps yeah. a lot so hey zach yeah hey, right this little man starts preschool on tuesday he's excited that'll be exciting you need more drink, more drink. okay uh, all right so that was nascar um obviously some safety things to look at for nascar but uh all in all, I mean, I know that there's things to look at, but I feel like the cars did their job this week. Um, everyone's just bruised but not battered. So yeah. I think that that's – for all the things that have been talked about with this car, that's good to know. And the drivers seem to be safe, and we can advance on them. So that's a that's good thing to move forward on. So let's move over to F1 because we've got – yes, sir. What you want? I can't give you more drink if you're going to crawl in me. So let's move to F1. So we had Zandvoort last week, which was uh, pretty epic. The rains came and went and came and went. Um, ultimately, it ended up being a, a Max Verstappen clinic. 
like normal. <laughs> Just kind of get used to that this year. It's a complete battle for second. But um, I thought that I like Zanport. I think it's a very uh, racy track. The drivers kind of it looks like they have more control in this track than any other track or most of the other tracks. So uh, I like Zanport for what the drivers could do. Um, I think that showed because I think Logan Sargent has shown this year maybe he wasn't quite ready for F1 and uh, put it in the fence twice, I believe, especially during the race. Big old hit. So uh, let me hear your thoughts on Zanvort. Well, um, I do kind of want to start off by saying I don't know if Red Bull is this smart or if they, they almost ferrari themselves um, because when the, the downpours came and Checo spun out into turn one, um, they brought him into like – the rain was so hard they were going to put full wets on. And um, then you had more drivers pal uh, piling into the safer barrier in turn one just because of how wet it was. And they bring Max in. They put him on the full wets because he had such a huge lead. And then Perez from third, who spun out but was able to pull away in third, they bring him in to put full wets on. And as they're bringing him in to put full wets on, he gets passed by – two other or three other drivers knocks him down to sixth, and then the red comes out and he has to sit on pit road. He can't leave, but somehow I guess in F1 rules, it works out that they revert back to like the last scoring sector or something. Yeah, that was, so that was how he gets. Yeah. Somehow he gets his three spots back. So I don't know if Red Bull just got away with one. Cause I'm pretty sure they were about to Ferrari themselves. Um, but other than that, I think it was a pretty cool race. I really do like this track because there's a lot of corners in it. It's very technical. It's up and downs. There's a lot of straight line speed to a lot of braking zones. Um, and I think it's a really unique track. I think it's fun. Um, and it just so happens to be Max Verstappen's home track. Um, but it, it was a, uh, it was wild to see with the rain on and off. It adds an element into it that yeah. you wouldn't normally see. Um, it, I mean, sometimes you want just a, a straight dry track to see the racing that you're going to get, but this was the only thing that really made it what it was going to be the only storyline, because other than that, Max would have been out by probably lapping yeah. half the field. Um, cause he was just yeah. gone. He was in his own zip code. Um, but you know, Checo here has been making things interesting. I mean, he, you know, was fast at the track, but then he spins out himself, makes a couple mistakes and that's. That was the the crazy part is he's on pole, you know, and somehow to go to inters, they put Max on or no, they put Checo on him first. Was that this one? I think it was the, the week before. Yeah, they put Checo first and then it was. Yeah. And then they put Max. Yeah, that was. And then yeah. Checo has the lead because he was just astronomically faster than everybody else. Yeah. And then to go back on to Slicks, they put Max first and he undercuts Checo with out any knowledge to Checo, he's just like, wait a minute, did Max pit already? And they're like, yeah, yeah. he pit a lap before. Like, they played it off like, oh, we didn't know he was going to do that, but, but he did it. But um, to be fair, it was because he was so exponentially faster, it was just like, yeah, we're, we don't want to cause a situation where you guys are going to actually race, because right. he, he's just, he was going to be faster regardless. He checked out right. by a mile an hour, or a million miles later yeah. on, so I don't think it had it was any, just, that much effect. No. It was just interesting to see how, like, I mean, everybody knows at Red Bull that Max is the number one driver and Checo's number two. And Max has, Max has this historical season going on right now 
it was just odd how he was like, like Sergio was confused. He was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, did Max already, you know? And it was like, <laughs> they just didn't want minute. to tell him. Yeah. But um, other than that, I think it was a pretty wild race. The The rain definitely helped out and make it more interesting. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, like. It's pretty much standard this, course. Yeah. But going to this week, there was only one thing that made it interesting. And that was the Ferraris were almost Ferraring themselves. And the fact that <laughs> Carlos Sainz had the pole and was yep. able to get in front of Max and hold Max up for probably the first 10 laps before Max was able to get yeah. by. They almost look competent today. Yeah, but they still Ferrari themselves. I mean, well, yeah. Science has so much pressure. He overdrives the corner and lets Max get a nice run on him and pass him. And then they decide to say, hey, we'll let you battle it out for third. And that almost was a disaster. That almost was a big time disaster. <laughs> Leclerc almost punted them both, which would have been which would have been pretty epic for Mercedes to have the day that they did and end up finishing third and fourth. Um, had that pulled out but i think that i think the big thing i took with red bull you know max just being max uh ferrari put everything they had into winning the pole it seemed like they didn't have a long run car but i mean it it worked out well for them um i think (laughs) i think the difference now as compared to a couple months ago with uh checo is i feel like he has kind of admitted to himself he was the only one i feel like that was like, yeah, I can compete with Max. I think everyone else at Red Bull was like, nah, no, you, not only can you not, because Max is just the class, but you're not going to. I think yeah. Sergio has finally settled in and been like, second's fine. I'll yeah. take second. Yeah. He's, he's he's looking much, much better. So um, Red Bull obviously dominantly fast today. Uh, Ferrari put in a nice effort. Mercedes had a pretty i i felt like it was a pretty poor race um all things considered but for them to both both drivers get a, a five second penalty and then still finish fourth and fifth not bad um but other than that yeah it was not a whole lot going on um a, there was a decent enough racing between a couple guys uh piastri and albon going back and forth with each other there for like the last 50 laps it seemed like was pretty entertaining or, or piastri almost but, uh ferrari north well, there was that one, and then there was Hamilton because of the, how he got his penalty. Um, I think what you're seeing is uh, is Lewis Hamilton. You know, he's he was in the car that Max Verstappen in was in about three or four years ago. It's like it's like the roles have swapped, and you're seeing Hamilton. I feel like driving a little over his head at times. Um, I yeah. feel like he is less brash, um, but you know that that incident with Piastri was all Hamilton. He he absolutely drove him up into there. So uh that was uh that could have been really bad for Hamilton. Was, like a puncture in right rear uh could have been a bad deal. But all in all I think the big loser for today um all of those teams were winners. The big loser today was uh uh Fernando Alonso, although um as it stood uh I th- he did lose some points to Hamilton. And that battle. So I think Hamilton might have overtaken him right now. But Checo has padded his lead um, as far as second place. Uh, looks like Red Bull might go one, two if they continue this up. Uh, just maybe like seven, eight races left to go this season. And uh, they're they're pretty well in control. Um, I, yeah. They might have won the Constructor Championship already. They're so far ahead. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. I, well, I, I think they... I know Max has already won the driver's championship. I'm pretty sure. I don't think they've officially announced it. But I think he couldn't I, win it until Singapore. 
they mm. said. And I think they mentioned I, that. I, I do get what you're saying about Checo thinking he's taking second, though, um, to Max now. But I, I got to say, I think the pressure is kind of still getting to him because you saw in in um, uh, what was the track last week? Zanvoort. Zanvoort. You saw him spin out there. Obviously, the rain had something to do with it, but he overdrove the corner. And not and not saying he didn't. A lot of other people did the same thing. Yeah, a bunch but of people then, did. But then this week, um, I don't know if you get a chance to watch qualifying or anything, but uh, watching practice, uh, Sergio was faster than Max in practice. Not saying it would have mm-hmm. carried over to the race, but he's faster than him. And he goes into the final corner and just absolutely dumps it and sends it into the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of looking like Sergio is trying too hard to try and be faster than Max and like still be like, you know what? I am number two, but I'm still going to be number one. Yeah. Um, Instead of just settling into that. But he was very lucky that um, I think they actually had to change power units because the way he hit the wall, it, it caused an oil leak and they had to change it. Gotcha. But, but that's what I mean. Like these past couple of weeks, he's made a lot of interesting mistakes that you normally wouldn't see him make. And that's uh, that's why I'm wondering if it's kind of getting to him to try and yeah. be second so hard. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, it's I think he he has a firm command on second, and if he would just take that, run with that. Look, Max is just it, it's he's on another planet compared to the the field. There's no I'd shame say. in 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 not you know being on his heels. I don't think anyone can, and else I don't think anyone else could get in that second car and be any more competitive than Sergio as at at this point. So. To me, I think Sergio should just check in and be I like, don't know. I'm good I with mean, this. I know Albon was in there before, and he, he just got taken out because he didn't know how to finish races. Mm-hmm. But man, Albon has been so fast in the Williams. He has, which is he, pretty, he pretty incredible. A, he would have had a sixth-place finish had it not been for his five-second penalty, and he lost two spots to Norris and Alonso there. Yeah, um, He had a five-second penalty, and they were both within a second of him at the finish. So, um, man, he's doing big things for Williams. You never seen both like him up in the, like Williams up in the top 10. Yeah. But he's been up there consistently this year. He's so. got to thank George Russell for a lot of that pace. George Russell did a yeah. lot of good things and he continued it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the big thing, uh, Aston Martin was very slow. Lance Stroll was very slow, very slow. Haas was obviously he, at the back. Forgot um, he raced today. Yeah. Uh, and Alpine, Alpine with uh, finishing, on the podium last week, they, uh, I don't know where Gasly finished. I know Ocon was out, but they, they did not, uh, did not appear. They had the day they wanted to. So, but that was, well, uh, neither did Yuki Sonoda. No, that, yeah, I think they said that was his second time having that happen. So uh, apparently this dude does not like this racetrack. Cause, uh, I would just be like, man, every time we go to this track, just rule me out, find a yeah. sub. I've, I've, I'm taking the hint here. So, yeah, uh, but that was, uh, that was the Italian Grand Prix today. Um, I think that, like we said, Ferrari uh, probably bought, brought their best piece this this week just because it was their home Grand Prix. I would expect to, them to kind of fall back more to normal um, as it goes into uh, wherever they're running next. Trying to figure Couldn't that out. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I don't know the F1 schedule. I can tell you all. that... Uh, the um the Southern 500 is tonight Crown Jewel race. Um, why does this keep doing 2020? I know that is 2023. Because uh, 
the first Italy was called off because of the the rain. So we are going to it is Singapore next week. Uh not next week. Yes. It is your birthday weekend. Singapore is the next race. Yeah. And I think they said Max can uh can lock it up there. Yeah. Eight more races to go in the F1 season. So like you said, winding down. So yeah. All right. Well that's uh that's all I got for this week. Jordan, you got anything else? Uh well, I did want to just kind of touch on to put some silence to it. Um Penn State looked pretty good against West Virginia. Um, I mean, they look, I don't know how good West Virginia is, but they look pretty, pretty decent. Um, Ohio state, the only reason why they struggled is the question mark was the QB spot. But if Mm -hmm. you watch the first half of the game, it'd be like, Hey, let's run for a yard. Hey, let's run for two yards. Hey, let's try and run again. And that's all they were doing in the second half. Once they started airing it out, you've seen why they are Ohio state and why they're ranked number three. Um, so I think they will be okay. Um, and I think they proved they want Kyle McCord there. Um, Michigan, I don't think they looked super great against East Carolina. Um, I would have thought their score would have been a lot higher than what yeah. I think it was 24 to three or something. So I mean, East Carolina least... is usually tougher than you think. And I don't take a lot of stock from this week because everyone's really just kind of yeah settling in. They're looking through these opponents. So, right. Well, and, and I, the only reason why I say I'm not surprised the highest state struggled, I mean, it's a big 10 team. So, you know, it's an in-conference game. It's your first game of the year. Your question mark was line QB. So I'm not kind of more surprised about that. I was more surprised about East Carolina kind of, I don't want to say taking it to Michigan, but it kind of made them look human, which was weird. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be an interesting year. Penn State looks good. Michigan, obviously, is pretty much the same team as last year. Ohio State has a couple more question marks with the line and the quarterback, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, cool that college football is back. NFL starts next week, so we'll see how that goes. All right, well, I'm getting pulled out of here uh, by Zach. He wants to go find his power bolt. So I'm going to wrap it up this week. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you all after round one of the playoffs. Thanks for listening. Later, guys.